Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Spring is almost here, which means it's time for another Kazoo Fest. The 7th Annual Festival will transform downtown Guelph into a hotbed of music and art for five action-packed days. From April 9th to 13th, the festival will showcase over 30 musical performances, visual art, multimedia art installations, the Kazoo Print Expo, film screenings, and more. Headlining artists this year include Destroyer, Hooded Fang, Cousins, Bry Webb, Vag Halen, Nihilus Spasm Band, Solids, Biblical, and much more. For more information about the 2014 Kazoo Fest, visit kazookazoo.ca or follow them on Twitter at Kazoo Guelph. Creative Control with Vish Hey, I've really been enjoying Kazoo Fest here in Guelph last couple nights. It's going really well as I speak to you now. Uh, tonight, Friday, April 11th, Destroyer and Bry Webb are playing at Dublin Street United Church. Diana, Petra Glint, and Manatee and Advertise at the E-Bar tonight. Solid Start Something and Watershed Hour at the Jimmy Jazz. Saturday, April 12th, there's the Kazoo Print Expo beginning at 11 a.m. in Mitchell Hall. At 1.30 in the afternoon, the Great Nihilist Spasm Band and Post Commodity playing at Silence. There's a mixed-media exhibition called My Own Shortcomings happening at 3.30. Oh, here's some news relevant to me. Did you know that I started, or I didn't start it, actually. I was asked to join a shadowy man on a shadowy planet tribute band. It's true. We have just named ourselves. We're called From a Shadowy Planet. And we're playing a surprise pop-up show at Meow slash Royal Cat Records which is the corner of Carden and Wilson Street. We're playing at 4.45 p.m. for half an hour in this really tiny store. So if you want to see me play drums and play Shadowy Men songs, I urge you to come check us out. Also on Saturday, Eons, Jesse Bell Smith at the Red Brick Cafe in, at uh, 5 p.m. At 9 p.m. at the Cornerstone, Michael Fierstack and Shopkeeper uh, at Van Gogh's Ear, Legato Vipers, Vag Hale and Biblical, and Whoopzo at Sapphire Cafe, Noah 23 and Vic NS. At the Jimmy Jazz, Soup Cans, Bleat, and Witches. And then the whole thing wraps up on Sunday, April 13th with a pancake breakfast show at Innovation Guelph beginning at 10.30 in the morning. 
And uh, that features Bird City, Eden, Sagal, Grossman, and uh, Isla Craig. So there you go. I know I just blurred past all that, but uh, for more info, kazookazoo.ca. Really wonderful festival here in uh, southern Ontario, and uh, the people who make it should be very proud. Uh, I'm proud to have been covering it on the show. I wrap up my coverage today with the wonderful Vanessa Dunn of Vag Halen. Very interesting interview about her uh, unique band from Toronto, and you'll hear more about it right now. Hey, this week's episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero. For my money, the best pizza you can eat in Guelph, Ontario. A proud, independent family business run by a punk rocker, Trocadero only uses a rich array of fresh ingredients cut by hand and homemade dough made daily, all baked to perfection inside of a stone oven. It's gourmet panzerotti, calzones, wings, salads, garlic bread, breadsticks, and oh man, the pizza, the pizza. Personally, I like the gourmet Domateo with goat cheese, artichoke, roasted red pepper, mushrooms. I sub out the turkey breast for eggplant, but that's just me. Wash the whole thing down with a brio. Man, I am getting hungry just talking about this. Call Pizza Trocadero at 519-829-2444. Visit them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph and online at trocaderoguelph.ca. T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O-G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. Vanessa Dunn is the lead singer of Vag Halen, one of Toronto's most exciting and confrontational rock bands. On Facebook, the band described themselves as, quote, Toronto's feminist art rock band that brings the bad with a dash of ass. Armed with a repertoire of classics, Vag Halen muff dives into the salty cock rock waters, blowing nether regions with their commitment to all things queer and all things rock, end quote. Having seen the band myself, I can verify that all of this is totally, totally true. Vag Halen Storm Guelph on April 12th for a set at Kazoo Fest. And here now to discuss this is Vanessa Dunn. Hello, Vanessa. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm well. Where in the world are you, Vanessa? I'm in my apartment in Parkdale. Oh, you're in Parkdale. Like a boss. You know what I don't like about Parkdale is uh, that Massimo's is gone. Massimo's? Did you ever go to Massimo's Pizza? No, I go to the old place, uh, what's it called? The place that's been there forever, and it's, I can't remember, Amico's, that's what it's called. Oh, Amico's, okay. Huh, it really bums me out, and I don't want to sully the name of the place that replaced Massimo's, but there's like a new pizza place there, and all of us are just like, what the hell? There's honestly a lot of new everything in Parkdale. The gentrification is happening. How long have you lived in Parkdale? I think we've lived here for like four years. Oh, okay. Before that, we were up at um, near the Hen House, so Dundas and Dufferin area. Are you a Toronto bread person? 
I'm Scarborough, born and bred, oh. and I moved here when I was about 19. Like Markham, McCowan Road, something like that? Yeah, like the, yeah, exactly. Like Markham and um, Kingston Road. Yeah, my, my cousins are all there. I, and I just randomly picked those streets because of roads. <laughs> my cousins all live there, like in that area. So I used to go there like every weekend. Yeah, when I, I love there. Scarborough. I have nothing but love for Scarborough. Really? A lot of people, when they live in a suburb... Can't wait to get the hell out of there. I mean, you kind of, you did, so maybe that's why you love it. Yeah, that's part of it, yeah. is I'm able to, like, you know... I, I was actually just there yesterday, and I was like, oh, yeah, there's still reasons why I hate this, but there's a lot more reasons why I love it. Your I love strip malls. I love oh. poser shit. I love, like... I love all that stuff. Why would you like that? Like this, again, that the... for And I, you know, we're going to get to this in a little bit. You are someone I would consider to be a subversive artist. It's very rare for a subversive artist to also have an affinity for the suburbs because i think there's just a lot there um i think there's a lot of history there and i just i I find it interesting i've always also been someone that has been obsessed with sort of low and high culture and mixing the two and Hmm. suburbs are always seen as something that's a bit low culture which is not necessarily true Hmm. that's interesting because i like to think that vag halen is a is a some kind of meeting place for high and low culture. Yeah, it absolutely is, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about where this band kind of came from, what drew you together, and if there's <clears> like <throat> a mission statement for it? Because it, I have seen it once and was blown away, but had all sorts of thoughts racing in, in, through my head <laughs> and, and through other parts of my body. Uh, and <laughs> and I, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about uh, the concept of the band and, and maybe... If possible, I don't often ask this of people in bands. What does your band stand for? But I, it kind of feels like it stands for something. Can you unpack any of what I just said into an answer? Sure. Um, well, the original idea was uh, my wife Katie and I's, and we owned a bar at uh, called the Hen House, which we don't own anymore. But um, we had a lot of downtime, and we just sort of were talking about collaborating. She used to be in a band called The Organ, and um, I come from like a performance art slash like acting background. So we sort of just kept coming back to this idea. We had a jukebox, and you know, part of our you know the quotient of the jukebox was like Hoser music, which you know, like Van Halen, Sabbath, and stuff like that. And we just used to talk a lot about how much we love that music and all the people that work there, but sort of the complicated nature of it. So anyway, we just sort of thought, wouldn't it be hilarious if we did this all? female sort of cover band it would be fun it would sort of reintroduce some people to music and myself the first time I was ever in a band this is my first band Mm -hmm. so um we just thought well let's do all Van Halen covers and then that lasted for about a minute because we couldn't get a set list together because some of them are the songs are they're kind of hard what do you mean like technically hard well they're a little difficult is that what you mean why why no oh (laughs) no I mean that some of them aren't very good (laughs) oh you didn't oh okay Huh. I love like I mean it they're good like party tunes but some of them don't stand up as well. Are you like don't, and, tell, and, don't tell my buddy Eddie I said that. <laughs> but you're and I assume you are mostly fixated on David Lee Roth era Van Halen? Of course, yes. Yes. So when you yes. say you couldn't put a set list together it wasn't cuz you didn't want to play like right now by like the Sammy Hagar version or whatever. No, for like clear Pepsi. No. Right. Remember? <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. Right, right, right. Which yeah. is just gross on two different levels. Why yeah. would you want to re- drink clear Pepsi and why would you like, want to hear that song? Anyway, no, it's, it, I mean, it just, some of those, this has been a really hard 
um, part of doing badges, you kind of assume, oh, let's just do all these, like, you know, here I go get on my own, let's do white snake, et cetera. They don't, some of them just kind of get boring after about a minute of playing. And so we're kind of trying to do um, complicated, but also like kind of compelling, interesting songs for the band to do as well. Mm-hmm. And it's exclusively songs by men. Yes. So what is the message there? Why do an all-female, uh, queer-oriented <clears throat> band dedicated to celebrating and, I guess, also subverting, like, cock yeah. rock, basically? Yeah, yeah. Why? Why would you do this? Um, I mean, well, you, you, explained, you explained it. You said, like, you, let, you had the bar and the jukebox, and you thought it would be fun, but is there... Is there a grant? Is there a larger mission here? Yeah, I mean, again, I grew up with two older brothers that grew up on this music. I grew up around a lot of men in my life, and um, I loved this music. But sort of where women in rock were, you know, um, relegated to was sort of the video vixens, or um, you know, there be. And that's not to say that there's not exceptions. There always have been exceptions, but they're few and far between. Yeah, and. Um, and so really this is just kind of us coming to terms as women and as um, as queers of where we fit in in this music. Because this music hasn't been um, friendly, <laughs> the understatement of the world, but yeah. like to women and queers. And also like with that sort of feminist and queer edge, I think it's really um, given that music a shot of something. And sort of on one hand exposed all its bullshit and all the misogyny and all the homophobia, but at the same time, it's kind of made the songs to me bigger and better and badder. It's given them this sort of new edge because it sort of this rock canon is um, also fighting itself. It's become almost cheesy. And so I feel like we're almost reintroducing this music to the audience as well. So it's, it is sort of a celebration as well as sort of, you know, undercutting, not undercutting, that's not it, it criticizing it, right. you know. Is critiquing it, it. It's in, it, it's intriguing to me that you you uh, evoke video vixens because when I saw the band and when you and if anyone looks up stuff online or whatever, in your performances, in your stage attire, in your presence, yeah, it kind of seems like the video vixens have taken over the band. Right. Like that. That's uh, that's is that a deliberate move? Uh, no, not deliberate. Maybe my style more because the other girls just kind of wear jean and denim mm-hmm. or, or sorry, denim and like leather, which is very, you know, rock and roll and also very queer. But for myself, that was always an aesthetic that I was drawn to even when I was a kid, um, inappropriately. And, um, <laughs> you know, I grew up on Madonna, like I grew up on stuff like that. So that was sort of just my comfort zone. But I also was obsessed with like Tawny Catan, Tawny Catan. Right to me was just like the ultimate woman. And I didn't see her in sort of a secondary role. I saw her as she made that video. She made that song. She did, you know, the cartwheel into the splits on two cars. I mean, that is talent. Mm -hmm. And, and Elizabeth from WWF, you know, macho man, macho man's manager. Yeah. I just loved her. Like that kind of shit I really liked, but I really had to come to terms with that as an, like, as I was getting older, when I realized they really were secondary sort of accessory roles, but to me, they did have a lot of power, and they did sort of, um, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, they, they sort of, they were revolutionary to me. They were, on, they were on par with 
the Joan Jets and the and the Sinead O'Connors and the Madonna. I never saw the difference. Well, I mean, they represented a, both in both instances. You're talking about a, well, you're basically talking about two models. So they brought glamour uh, to both to kind of gritty, um, you know, like the, the idea of hair metal or cock rock and wrestling. Like what could be more kind of realms of machismo and uh, yeah. you know like kind of men asserting their don't their dominance or whatever yet yeah you're right they 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 were they were totally part of that like they they these women played as much of a role in making those uh, realms compelling yeah and especially in the in the case of honey Katan. I think she really flipped that power dynamic there was nothing about her that just seemed in that video to me um, like she was just a side piece. It, mm. She really did take it over and sort of, you know, lead him around on a leash. I don't know. That's what I picked up from it when I was a kid. I didn't understand what that was, but I just was really drawn to it. Yeah. So extending that to what happens in Vag, for sure. I mean, do I wear outfits that would be considered scandalous and that my brother comes and sees and is horrified? Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, that's also my comfort zone. You know, I love that aesthetic. Do, you, do your brother? I do your brother? And I like buy that shit up. Right. Do your brothers like Vagalen? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Well, that's good. They must be. Yeah, a, they do. They must be. Oh, sorry. You mentioned that your your background is performance. What does that actually mean? What What is your specific background? Acting. Oh, acting. Um. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yeah, and but I've done a lot of sort of like that stuff that would be considered some, like straight acting, but also like per, more avant-garde performance arty stuff. That's sort of where I get people like me in theater. Okay, so people s- don't love me as much in other things. So singing is like third on your list of skills as an artist. <laughs> well, it's now number one. It's a thing that's really hit. You know, it, it's funny how. I mean, I I always wanted to be in a band, but I didn't really have any musical talent per se, or like pretty minimal. Yeah. Also, I just didn't think. Yeah, you know, that's a whole other conversation. Okay. But like, whatever. Yeah, I, it's actually been the thing that's kind of dominated everything else now. Yeah. It's the thing I'm known for. The one thing I that does strike me, um, like having seen the band and kind of knowing your repertoire, I know it spans what sixties sixties to nineties, kind of. Yeah. Like in terms of songs you choose to cover, and some might say, or some might wonder, are we past? Are we well past this era of cock rock of sort of 
misogyny in, in music? Like, are you are you sort of scrutinizing and highlighting an era that has already lost its power? I mean, I know you love this music, but I also know that Vag Halen is kind of trying to uh, demonstrate how this these kinds of songs and these kinds of artists are somewhat problematic. But right. but they're they're all sort of gone, you know. And you know, some argue that a band like Nirvana in the early nineties kind of blew these people away. Like just like they just, and I know like a lot of them are on like kind of oldies tour circuits and stuff. <laughs> but my point is, does this music or do, do, do these messages that these bands were conveying, do they still have that power, uh, that negative power? Are we not more self-aware and more aware in general of how to behave as human beings, so to speak? <sighs> no, I think that, um, you know, misogyny and homophobia is more than alive and well in music. Mm. Um, I think us people are maybe more aware of the language and what they're supposed to say and what they're supposed to do. I don't necessarily mean, means that, uh, that it's extended to the language or, or sorry, to the actions and how people behave. Um, you know, there's tons of examples of douchebag bands that are still happening and still using women and and it's, and it's really extended to different genres. It may not be sort of a cock rock genre. I don't know if, you know, that still exists, but mm. certainly apparent in like hip hop or mm. you know, even like the Nickelbacks and the sort of power punk, even pop is sort of this weird grade zone now and mm. so this is really just it it seems interesting because, you know, I've always, you know, identified as a feminist since high school and it seems like this conversation's happening all over again, people mm. are sort of talking about being feminists. You know, Beyonce's talking about being a feminist. Miley Cyrus is talking about being a feminist. So there's reason for that. So <laughs> It's still incredibly hard to be a woman in music, and especially to be a woman band doing rock and music. Like, look at Savages. It's like every time someone talks about them, it always is like the all-female band, the all-female band. Right. Everyone, you know, half the people that are there to see them, I would guarantee are there to see because it's women doing rock. Right. It's interesting that we're speaking the day after the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony occurred. Right. And one of the key things that uh, has been making the news is that Nirvana played uh, without Kurt Cobain, obviously, and their choice to um, have this, I guess it's a parade of people uh, replacing Kurt's voice, they were all women. They were Lord, St. Vincent, uh, really? Kim, Kim Gordon, Joan Jett. That's the only people who sang Kurt's lyrics were women, and huh. and I don't know I I don't know if this is necessarily relevant to our discussion, but I thought that was really telling, and it kind of I guess yeah. it harkens back to my earlier point that bands like Nirvana and the rise of the underground really seemed to attack the mentality that I think Vag Halen is also attacking. I agree. Yeah, I'm. Nirvana, no doubt, well, Kurt Cobain anyway, was a feminist. There was no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. And I actually, someone just recently sent me something about him talking about the fact that Led Zeppelin was one of his favorite bands. and But he obviously had a complicated relationship with that. And sort of Nirvana was borrowing a lot from Zeppelin, but also, again, criticizing it. So yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, it's it's true. Now, now, I know that you do a lot of different bands' material. Who, in your opinion, is like the worst offender when it comes to misogyny or homophobia in rock music? Axl Rose, I think. Axl Rose. Yeah, and it's it's so unfortunate because I just there is something about him and his aesthetic and 
you know, he was such a pretty boy and it, it just, it, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. Why was he so horrible? But he was, he was pretty horrible. <laughs> yeah. And, and that whole, like that whole band was, but they're so fucking good. <laughs> and so, and I love, and the irony again is that he, I remember him talking about that his favorite band was Queen. So this is what I'm saying. It, it gets more and more. It's like the onion. The more layers you unwrap, like I, this guy was just a super strange, complicated, complex dude that really defaulted into some serious, not even as I said, sexism, like homophobia, like really, and racism. And I'm I'm not apologizing on uh, for him in any way because I think it's totally reprehensible. But on some <laughs> level, do you think that? The the same way you've kind of adopted a persona, right? In Vag Halen, you you've adopted uh, this. For me, it's a weird like. For me, I get a lot of Rob Halford from Judas Priest when yeah. I, see, <laughs> I who who also embodies this strange like I'm in the the hardest kind of music possible, but I am a closeted homosexual and <laughs> and like slowly but surely uh, as he as after he came out, I think people are like actually there were lots of indications that this was something that he, <laughs> yeah. anyway, but. Uh, when you're talking about personas, is it possible that because Axl Rose exhibited some sensitivity in some of his music uh, subsequent, like uh, you, you're mentioning stuff from like GNR Lies and Appetite, and as the band went on, seemed to, and you know they played like the tribute to Freddie Mercury. So there's like there's something very contradictory and complicated about him. But I guess my point is, do you think he was adopting a persona in some of those lyrics, the same way hip hop artists often like are adopting? adopting characters in a way to convey stuff and like using like shocking language as part of that persona? I think that I thought that I was hoping that for a long time <laughs> until like the third, you know, uh, offensive abuse against women happened. And mm. then I thought, Oh, he's just a shitty dude. Yeah. And it's come out since that he's had, um, I think he's bipolar, which also may have to do with some of the manic episodes, but it certainly doesn't apologize for all the bullshit he's no, done. No, no, it, it doesn't negate it, but I guess I, I'm... Well, I mean, you're in a weird spot. You cover Guns N' Roses in Vag Halen. Yeah. So, and that comes from a place of love. I guess you're... Of the music, yeah. You're identifying with someone like Kurt Cobain, who had this yep. contradictory thing. So you love the music, and you want to address the problematic nature of it by uh, appropriating the music in a way. Yeah, and I mean, like, someone that I would say had more of a stage persona, because that does exist, is, like, Alice Cooper. Like, mm. I met... Alice Cooper came into a restaurant I was working, and he was, like... Well, he's... We know now he's a born-again Christian, and he was, like, wearing denim on denim on denim on denim on denim. Like, he was, like, <laughs> golf dad. Like, he was just, like, a dad like yeah. that came in and was, like, making corny jokes. And I thought, holy shit... But no, I think Axl Rose is like actually equally offensive across the board. That said, I've seen him in entries and he's so soft-spoken. Again, so complicated. Yeah. But he really has like beat the shit out of women. And so I got, I got no love for the dude in that okay. way. All right. And he wore cornrows for way too long. That was ridiculous. I'm sorry. Aesthetically, <laughs> what the hell was that? Um. <laughs> I don't know. He was trying. He's, you know, he's eccentric and I wish I could love him for that. Is this your favorite music? Like, is this the music you love more than any other music? The kind you make in, Van, in, in the, the kind you play in Vag You know what? It's the stuff that I feel. There's a couple levels. Um, this in like goth music, like I really like, like, but like Depeche Mode and like hmm. Jesus and Mary Chain, that kind of stuff. I got, I equally love that shit, but that stuff's not as complicated. <laughs> right. This stuff, if anything, 
I can be anywhere and I can be wearing anything at any party. And if this shit comes on, I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. Like <laughs> I get into it. Like it, so it hits me in a way. It's like my, it's my youth. It's my Scarborough-ness. Yeah. And that never goes away. It, and, and it gets a visceral reaction for me every time. So it's a vague, my childhood. It's a vaguely nostalgic gesture. But I also think it's like when I think about Sabbath, I think about it all the time. Like literally as I walk out the street, I'm like, how did they make this music yeah. in the late 60s? How did that happen? Yeah. It's so fucked up. It's so different. And I, I, I just, you know, now everyone just seems like they're doing, you know, Sabbath all over again. And it's, which mm. is fine. Yeah. It yeah. blows my mind. The music is really that good. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about the the musical vision or future of Vag Halen because all you've really been doing is these cover songs, and I'm curious because you have so much to say. I think uh, <laughs> even, even in your choices, like even in the other people's songs that you're covering, I think you're saying something about this culture that we're in. Do you see the band ever writing its own songs or conveying its own ideas uh, beyond you know covering other artists? I don't think so. I don't think that that packs as much of a punch. I think we know this is something that we're sort of committed to. And I just think it can, we've changed as a band in the two years that we've been together since the first show we had to now. Mm. And I feel like we're just sort of cracking the surface of what can happen. And, and I think also, you know, that badge can be sort of multidisciplinary as well. I'd like to do some like short film stuff. Like that's where I come in and um, some zine culture, that kind of stuff. I just think this is something that's not about making original music. If I want to make original music, I'll be an original band. Right. That's not not the not a problem. Mm -hmm. And the reception of the band in Toronto, in particular, where you've mostly been playing, has been, I think, mostly very positive. Have you had any negative response from either the the queer community or or I guess the hair metal community, if such a thing <laughs> still exists? Like, have you are you surprised by the reception, positive or negative? I yeah, I'm surprised that it was as positive as it was. I think I think um it's been I mean, I would only hear about positive stuff. I don't think anyone would necessarily say any negative stuff to my face. However, you know, if you read I think once I read the comment section, I thought, Oh, forget it. It's it's less about what we do. A, people want to dismiss you because you're a cover band. Mm. B, they want to dismiss you because you're a feminist. So you know, those things aren't interesting to me. That's not it clearly someone would be missing the point. So no, we haven't really, that I know of, gotten too much hate. Okay. I'm sure it's out there, but... Well, I just, uh, as I say, your presence is, I would say, very confrontational. There's, yeah. there's, um, you know, it's a very sexy, there's nudity, in a sense, or, or like, as close yeah. as possible. Like, it's a bit, it's really in your face. So I imagine some people would be like, this is really amazing, and other people would be like, I don't you know, some people who are self-conscious about those things might be like, what kind of message is this actually? How do I relate to this, you know, in some way? Right. And I just am curious if that's come your way. It sounds like it really hasn't. No, it really, it, so far as I've been sitting at a bar and someone came over and said that I was a role model for her daughter because oh. her daughter goes to girls rock camp. And I just thought, see, I wasn't anticipating that. That kind of stuff throws me. Like I, I've never... I, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a role model for anything, but certainly not with stage attire in my presence. But she just thought it was the most empowering, positive thing for herself and her daughter to experience. So there you go. Okay. No, it's good. I mean, uh, it's very powerful and it's very empowering and, and inspiring. I must say, like when I've only oh, seen the band nice. once, but I felt uplifted. I got to say. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, you know, that's a big part of it. It is confrontational and is 
you know, heavy, but at the same time, it's also celebratory, you know, it's really about fucking getting back to the spectacle and just having a good time and like spraying that beer everywhere and just like getting hosed. Like it's, it all of that is awesome shit. We don't need to be cool. We are all the time, especially with music. Right. You know, it's just good to have a great time as well. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, you're playing Guelph, uh, uh, for Kazoo Fest and I'm curious what's new with the band or the band set. Are there any, I know you probably don't want to spoil too much, but do you have surprises in store for us? Mm, surprises? Well, uh, we will be, you know, we're going to do a Nirvana tune. Really? We love them. Okay. Yeah. That's- yeah, we love it. Because to be honest, that's more of tipping our hat, you know, to mm-hmm. Nirvana. Um, and also people that love Nirvana, their crowd, they became disenchanted with the their own fan base. Because yeah, right. It got super complicated. So we're also speaking to that. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a heavy set. It's actually going to be a super heavy set, and it's good because we're playing with Biblical. So I love those guys. Yeah. Those are our brothers. They're, they're the best. All right, well, this is awesome. I want to let people know that uh, Vag Halen are playing Kazoo Fest in Guelph on Saturday, April 12th at Van Gogh's Ear. The band is on at 11.30 p.m., and as uh, Vanessa mentioned, they're sharing a bill with Biblical, a band called Whoopso and Legato Vipers. And yeah. all of those bands, and you, if you're coming to the show, Really need to look out. Vag Halen is going to blow your minds. I tell you this right now. Anyone who's seen them can verify this. So for more information about them, you can like their Facebook page or follow them on Twitter at Vag Halen. That's V-A-G-H-A-L-E-N. Or as my wife likes to pronounce it, Vag Halen. I had to... Cr- <laughs> it's like, no, it's I think it's Vag Halen. She didn't really get it, which is I thought pretty funny. Uh, but anyway, at Vag Halen. Vanessa, uh, really, really a pleasure to speak with you, and uh, I really, oh, I can't thanks. wait to see Vag Halen again. Can't wait to see you. Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.